genre. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we investigate the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of Hot Fuzz one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. And today we're about to go off on minute 86, which begins with Danny putting his hand on Angel's shoulder to turn him around and ends with Angel discovering the bodies of underage drinkers. And we have a guest, Robert Black. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, so this is, uh, this is sort of the, you know, this week it's sort of the last breath of like normal movie, uh, which is, which is a fascinating thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Watching this um, minute. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. As a, uh, as a, as a cabal of, uh, England's most treasured character actors dressed in hoods, <laughs> menace Simon Pegg while holding a, a knife up to his greatest friend in the whole world, Nick Frost. Oh man, <laughs> um, yeah. It's uh, th- this is this is this is a good. This is a really good minute. You know, it's funny. I th- this this week, uh, the, these like five minutes, they go by so fast in the movie itself mm-hmm. that yeah. especially especially this minute and tomorrow's minute, it goes by so fast in the actual movie that uh, I think this has been my favorite part of doing this one minute at a time is really like separating this out and appreciating kind of like how creepy and scary these two minutes are. Um, <laughs> like th- this is, this is like, uh, I mean, this is straight out of a horror movie. We've talked about slasher films and things like this, but that, that like, this is horrific. Uh, this uh, underground graveyard, like just dumping ground area. I don't know. Like there's so many bodies <laughs> and it's, it's it's really creepy. I mean, like there's some funny moments in it, obviously, uh, but um, uh, most of which are, are coming in uh, tomorrow's minute, I would say. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 really messed up. It's messed up. And then them chasing after him in the hoods like and like the hoods flowing and there's like a bunch of them like it's creepy. Then again, like I get I get I have like a weird um, uh, oh, man, I, yeah. I get creeped out by like uh, 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 like cloaked figures like surrounding people like i it freaks me out um sure. like wit- <laughs> witches and stuff uh like witches covens and things like that like there there's something really creepy about like people that all believe a thing surrounding you like really freaks me out um yeah no i th- i think we all have as humans those like weird aesthetic horrors like you know i have a friend who's really afraid of the ocean as a concept like that freaks him out like not <laughs> Not knowing like all of the stuff that we don't know about it, you know. Sure, sure. It goes on for seemingly forever and mm-hmm. just like super deep and everything. Yeah, uh, yeah I get I'm, that. I remember as a kid, the devil used to really freak me out as a concept. The idea of like there physically being a dude down there, like and like and, like 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 old sketches of the devil, still kind of like ooh, like if I see him on like a documentary or something. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. 
There's that shitty episode of Doctor Who that I love just because he meets the devil at the end. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, what about you, Robert? Uh, mine's more modern. It'd be like nuclear war, probably. I grew up in a church that made us think the world was about to end in nuclear war for like in the 80s. Oh, gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, that, that would, kind of thing. That yeah, would definitely do uh, it. There's that new Chernobyl show coming out. Yeah. <laughs> That looks nuts. Yeah. Uh, Written by The Hangover's Craig Mazin. Hey. (laughs) Ted Cruz's roommate, Craig Mazin. (laughs) Yeah, that guy. (laughs) Exactly. Rafael. Uh, College roommate, not current roommate. We should specify. Whoa. (laughs) Sitcom. (laughs) So let's let's start at the beginning of this. So uh, One of the the most gut-wrenching moments of the movie the first time that you watch it. Yeah, oh, only yeah. to be outdone like in a couple minutes. Um, I, I I remember my audience audibly reacting at this like reveal of of Danny being like a villain. Maybe I mean it's 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 a big deal. Like you don't want it to happen because you love these two kids so much. You know, you love their friendship. You don't want that to be the case. And honestly, it kind of reminds me of. Um, you know, like that scene, I mean, obviously this is the the scene I'm about to describe is much more powerful, but, um, it's a similar, like, uh, uh, cinematic trick, storytelling trick. Um, it, it reminds me of, uh, the part in get out when the cop car arrives and then you're like, Oh no. And then you reveal that it's like, Oh, it's the good guy. Okay, cool. (laughs) Sure. Like it like makes you envision the version of the movie where that was the cop car and he's going to get arrested for killing all these people Mm -hmm. in the same way. This you, for a moment you imagine like, Oh no, Danny's evil. And the rest of this movie, like, Oh no, like it, you know, like it's, it's it's the worst possible version of the The, movie. Like the worst, where is this going to go? The worst thing is about to happen. It's almost like, like toy story three. We're like, wow, they're really going to do it. (laughs) They're really going to hold hands to their doom. I really, I just, I, I do. uh, I, I really like this uh, reveal, even if it's, uh, well, because you immediately get it. You immediately understand like why Danny would be a villain. Of of like no, I actually also am aware of this, or or you don't even know what's happening. But it, it, it it's not a it's not outside the realm of possibility. Is why I think it, it's it's so scary and like heartbreaking. Well, it, it fits a lot of what his character is too. That he dreams of being an actual cop because in this situation he wouldn't get to be. Right. It also explains why he gets so drunk. He like barely <laughs> oh, yeah. makes it home. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he has yeah. to bury the guilt. Gosh, yeah. That's uh, it's a very, it's a much more. Twilight Zone version of this story, I guess, in the world where Danny is like, that represents that kind of person. Like, I have to follow orders. I have to toe the line, which he kind of argues later on. But oh, man, it's just it's a really good reveal. And like the look on his face too, the, uh, oh, the yeah. fo- sort of like deadly serious, like slightly dead inside. It almost looks like he's like hypnotized or brainwashed. Yeah, or yeah. It, it's really it's uh, it's more great understated acting from, from Nick Frost. Yeah, I think I remember believing when when this reveal happened because of the look on his face. I think I remember believing like, oh, they must have brainwashed him or, oh, maybe everyone's being brainwashed. Like maybe that's what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, when your brain's just like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, later on, they would make a whole movie about uh, not so much brainwashing, but uh, certainly uh, duplicates mm-hmm. um, that uh, toe the line. Um so uh Love isn't always you know, on time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, yeah, like Simon Pegg's like ex- his acting in that moment of like realization is is also like I don't know really it's a bummer. It's it's <laughs> yeah because he's like oh I'm even more I'm somehow even more alone than I thought. But God love him, he's not going to give up. <laughs> it's true. He got a he got so the, he grabbed a hunter's knife I think from Lurch right? Is that what he yep. did? Yeah, yeah, which like yeah, and like that's a high dex roll. Yeah, on its own to be able to just like get that out. <laughs> Once again, though, I, I, I have to point out, I mean, we talked about this a lot last week, but I have to point out that uh, a lot of them, there, there's a few people who seem to be holding other kinds of weapons. Like, I think I see a, <laughs> a, like a like a like a scythe uh, yeah. back there. Yep. And like, I think somebody's ho- holding like a garden hoe and then like somebody's holding an axe. But like for oh, the, the majority of people are holding this hunter knife thing yeah. that looks very similar to the knife in the scream movies which again is just i think i feel like they just raided <laughs> some sort of prop house <laughs> uh it, it, it kind of it always it gives me uh like ring wraith vibes it makes me wish they were more than nine ring wraiths yeah because yeah there's just so many of them and yeah there's something about that feeling of being completely overwhelmed because, I mean, that's the that's the thing that most like zombie media doesn't get right. Like that's certainly what Zack Snyder didn't understand, which was like, oh, what's scary about zombies? They're so slow. It's like, well, yeah, but there's so many of them. Like, that's what makes it yeah, scary. Keep getting it's more. Like, it's the you're slow just overwhelmed. Dread. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, for sure. I guess it's that argument. The slow dread versus the like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Yeah. When it fits here too, they're all old, so they're yeah. slow as well. Yeah. <laughs> like uh like I mean, you know, I mean to to go to to reference uh uh the the the, the pot the the podcast of the guest, uh I mean like would 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 we would we be into ever seeing like a fast Michael Myers? Was Rob Zombie Michael Myers fast? Uh no, no. no. He's still moved pretty slow. Still as lumbering. Well. I yeah. watched that yeah. Friday the thirteenth remake the other day the other day on Netflix and he I forgot he was like like kind of quick. Mm. Jason. Well, Jason's not always slow. Okay. Yeah. He just gets where he needs to. He just, he's actually super fast. He'll suddenly be in a completely different location when you run down like a hallway. Right. He'll be at the other end and stuff. Right. That's why they had to retcon his uh, underground passageways in the, in the remake. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Explain how he gets everywhere. Um, But he's been living in that lake for decades. Yeah. But Michael Myers is more of a, he's, he's more of a, a moody guy. He's, he's, he's yeah. like, now I'm just going to scare you. Yeah. I'm going to follow you slowly and scare you until you, until you screw up. And then that's when I'll get you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched when this. your guards down, I'll get close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I watched this YouTube video the other day where Jordan Peele remarked on, uh, Michael Myers is like curiosity. Like when he'll stab someone, he'll like, his head will tilt. Like he's like, Oh, like mm-hmm. interesting. Like he has like this childlike curiosity about him that's really mm-hmm. scary yep it's true he definitely used some of that in us for sure mm-hmm. um that that sort of like uh head tilting curiosity thing yeah uh-uh. um yeah so uh <laughs> yeah i i just i love this i love this shot of him him running from all of these hooded figures and yeah and, you know they're giving him a good chase honestly. it really is and i think it's so scary because like they yeah they're giving him a good chase and like these aren't these aren't zombies these are intelligent adult humans that he knows and has and like has known for a few weeks yeah and they all want to kill him and they all, all they all have logic <laughs> their way to this conclusion Whew. you know they aren't like they aren't crazy mad people i mean they are but yeah it's it's 
nuts. It, it is like a nightmare, I guess. And I guess that's what's scary in, in, in a nightmare situation is the idea of suddenly everyone in your life, community, or world like turning against you. Yeah, that like claustrophobic. I think I think I think the, I think you really I think that's the reason why I'm scared of stuff like this and 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 cults and covens and things mm-hmm. um is exactly why what you described it's why i'm scared of that and not scared of like zombies is is because like zombies can overwhelm you too but that doesn't freak me out nearly as much as as something like this and i think it's exactly what you said which is the the intelligence behind it like the conviction i think mm-hmm. is what really freaks me out is is that it's it's the conviction of like no we have to kill you because you know, uh, X, Y, Z, like whatever, whatever, you know, God or demon or uh, town or whatever is telling us to like, we, you have to die. That's, I think that's why that freaks me out. It's why the wicker man freaks me out. It's why, um, Mm -hmm. uh, what, what is the, uh, the, the third, uh, paranormal activity movie with the witch coven, right? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why that one freaks me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the The end of that movie freaks me out. It's why Hereditary freaks me out. Um, it's it's it. That stuff is uh, it's creepy, man. The conviction part of it is the creepiest part. I think. I was also thinking of like Invasion of the Body Snatchers or uh, Stepford Wives, mm-hmm. where they they might be willing to catch him and convince him also, but in this moment, they clearly just want him dead. Right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and then, uh, and then Nicholas falls through a hole and, uh, finds where all the bodies are buried. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, uh f- yeah, I'm definitely not able to like, you know, chart age by decay or anything like that, but mm-hmm. these are some pretty old bodies that he finds at first. Yeah, it's they're uh, they're the, uh, the gypsies in the, uh, in the, in the caravan like the camper um mm-hmm. and it's, it's england it's a caravan yeah yeah uh <laughs> it's it's pretty great and it's like a whole family so it's it's you know and and as he's like finding them i love the it's like a really good use of like flashback audio um, yeah like you know connecting yeah. the bodies to the things that they've said in the past mm-hmm. and it's really uh, getting your money out of broadband yeah for sure and we get <laughs> We get the first. We get our, our first sort of uh, uh, like kind of our only joke in in this sequence, which is uh, the the dog muck, and then there's just a dog skeleton. Dog muck. <laughs> yeah, like the the quick like the getting the audience in on the joke of like every every everything Jim Broadbent said. We're going to show you the visual representation of it. Right. Or right. literally, no, literally show you it. <laughs> Um, but I love the I love the idea of them. Their solution to dog muck is killing the dog, <laughs> yes. which like the dog was just relieving itself, and they killed the dog because it relieved itself. So like, does no one? Well, see, like they have Saxon. So like, what does Saxon do differently that this dog doesn't he, do? You know what? He adapted. Scott. He cleans up after his dog. He learned. He wised up. You saw what happened to that dog. <laughs> this gypsy family just let their dog go to the bathroom wherever it wanted to. But yeah, maybe that's they, their ma- fault. That's well, not the dog's fault. Well, like maybe they killed him too. That seems well, like Game of Thrones still, logic of like also killing the they're dog. They're still in their caravan. It almost seems like they killed them by like putting poison gas inside it or something because they're still sitting in chairs. 
the kid's body is like leaning against oh my the God, table. You're right. That's true. It seems like they I, just killed I mean, them all be, at once. It could be poison gas. That's definitely because, like, yeah, they like those campers are usually like have like gas stoves and things like that. So they usually have like a like a gas tank yeah. attached to them. I mean, obviously a gas tank to drive it, but there's usually like a like a like a propane tank or something right. um, attached to it. So yeah, that's definitely. That's definitely possible, but they also we also know that the NWA have a, a propensity to stage accidents. Well, that uh, could look like an accident, right? Well, but yeah, so they could have. What, what I'm saying is they could have staged it to look like a gas accident, but really oh, they right. just murdered them. Yeah, yeah, and accidents happen all the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, but it, but regardless, I because I just I don't know. I love the idea. I like the idea. The I, I like the more personal idea that they they just like indi- killed individual the individual members of the gypsy family, um, <laughs> and then put them for back their in individual their transgressions, and then and then created this uh, scenario yeah. with the with the gas accident when and then like at the end of it like after they did it like you know we could have just done this we could have just <laughs> we could have just opened up the gas valve while they were sleeping that would have been way easier <laughs> and that's when they learned. NWA yeah. year one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Where's that prequel comic? Um. <laughs> well, with the powers of performance capture, we're seeing with Captain Marvel. and <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure a studio would be more than willing to spend the money on that. <laughs> and the ones that have passed, you can just do what they did with Grand Moff Tarkin and Rogue One. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, look, I'm not saying I don't want that, but. Uh, oh, wow. Um yeah. <laughs> so he uh, he stumbles out of this camper and uh uh you know starts like wandering around these like catacombs. Yeah. Um and there's all kinds of like skeletons and it's it's like something out of Indiana Jones, you know? Like it's Oh, you cool. I was yeah. it, it reminds me it's very like EC comics. Like Yeah, no that too for sure. Absolutely. Um it's it's really I mean it's genuinely horrific honestly, uh, and then we see that they killed all these kids, and they try to like stage the bodies to be like kind of silly I guess, <laughs> uh, um, you know so that it's not it's not so horrific that they murdered these underage drinkers. Right, uh, the film is somewhat merciful in its the the way it communicates it visually. Like right. it, it softens the blow. So you you don't it doesn't linger on the fact that like, oh my god, these were kids. Right. Well, because they uh, earlier they said thieving kids and they showed like a like a small child. Like yeah, like a little yeah, like a little like uh, like a like a newsie almost. Yeah. Look like like maybe like ten years old max. Um probably younger. Uh but uh yeah. It's it's when know. the movie uh it, it's when the movies uh the the moments that it kind of almost becomes Mel Brooksy like Blazing Saddlesy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's like oh well we can just do that we can at yeah. that there's a precedence for it just being like goofy, right? There's a big one coming in tomorrow's <laughs> yeah. minute for sure. Yeah, that's like the silliest thing that they do in this sequence, but. Um, this is still mostly horrific, except for the kid whose eyes are crossed. Yeah, but it, it, yeah, it's a way of being like, this is a funny movie, even though it's like a super dark. And right. and it's and it's still effective. There's like skulls everywhere. There's rats. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If you just watch this minute, it does not feel like a comedy at all. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Pulls not no at punches. All. 
Right. And in fact, this feels like it's in bad taste almost out like out of context with the rest of the movie. It's just like, yeah, you know, it feel it feels strange um, in context. It's fine. And in fact, I think that it's it's moments like this that actually sell the movie as a whole to most people. Because, you know, one of the one of the criticisms that you constantly hear about The World's End is that it's not funny. They're like, oh, well, it's not very funny. Mm. And that's not true. Like, I would argue that the joke a minute, the 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 joke a minute, the laugh a minute, like sort of uh, meter. I don't know what you would say that, but but the measurement of like how many laughs do you get in a minute, how many punchlines or whatever, um, are probably more in the world's end. But when they hit these dramatic beats, they hit them hard, and they don't they don't let up from them with like silly stuff mm-hmm. like this. And I think as a result, it really throws people. And the uh, and the movie kind of uh, World's End sort of sacrifices the or it kind of loses like the Mel Brooksier moments yes in favor of like doubling down on like the wordplay and like the visual humor and there is like some great visual jokes in that movie are mostly like Jackie Chan jokes to me of yes. like combat visual jokes of like someone walking into a window and stuff like that more than like goofy Mel Brooks like Young Frankenstein stuff that we've seen in Hot Fuzz right yeah absolutely. Um, so I just, I, I, uh, I definitely, I find that, I, I find that interesting, the sort of evolution of, of Edgar Wright as a filmmaker and, and to a, to an extent like Simon Pegg as a, as a writer. Um, but, uh, I, I just, yeah, these, these sort of Mel Brooksian moments are, uh, I, I think what sells this movie as a whole to, uh, general audiences. I think that's why this and Shaun of the dead are typically neck and neck for people's favorite of the trilogy. And the world's end is at the bottom of almost everyone's list. Um, right. despite it, you know, being the best movie. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> well, it's like but, how when there's like a who album that like, or that it's like, Oh, this is maybe the best album, but it's also like a double album. And there's not as much like fun singles that you remember. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's that's yeah, I think that's fair. Definitely. Um, yeah, so I mean they killed a bunch of kids. How do you think they did it? Because they're bloody. They're bloody. Like they, they murdered these children. Um legitimately. And didn't stage it as an accident in public. Apparently. No, no, they just disappeared. <laughs> yeah, like they didn't even. There was never a. Uh, yeah, maybe or a deleted scene or something where it's like, oh, with four missing children. Yeah. Well, they were letting them drink, right? When they, they were. had a problem is when they found out there was graffiti. So maybe they beat them with like their graffiti, like their. Well, they spray didn't cans do. They weren't responsible for the graffiti. Oh, they were, we, didn't we, do the graffiti. We meet those kids later because Nicholas. Oh, that's right. Nicholas uses them. That's the ones later. he goes back to. Yeah. Yeah, the hoodies. Um, these kids. What happened was king. that. Yeah, what happens was that he. <laughs> they were letting them drink because yeah, you know better better out. there than not, and then Nicholas is like, "Well, the law is the law. They got to go," and so they go out on the streets, and then they start like acting like fools because they're they can't just like go to the pub and drink so then they're like you know doing like public and public intoxication stuff where they're peeing on sidewalks and and getting into shenanigans and i think the shenanigans is why they're all dead yeah no it's totally nicholas's fault yeah it it kind of is honestly (laughs) that's that sucks but uh, it's, it's, it's his fault. Like the reason that it escalated to that is, is his fault, mm-hmm. um, for not just letting it go. 
But uh, obviously, we don't want to like blame him for the murders themselves. But he is somewhat to blame for the escalation, I would say. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know how they died. I'm I'm very curious about yeah. how they died. Maybe since they're kids, they couldn't just show like the actual stab wounds and something stuck in them. Yeah, we just have to imagine it. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe that's just what the rats have done to them. Yeah. Oh wait, did they? Well, here's a thought. Did they die? Because he these are these are specifically the three underage drinkers that he brought in at the end of the night. Yeah. Um. Are the did they did they kill them in prison and then like in jail and then like throw them down this hole? Probably. That's what I always imagined. Yeah. Man, that's yeah. We didn't see them there the next morning. Yeah. Right. Well, that sucks. And the parents just have to deal with it. Their parents might have done it. Um, Toe the line. I think my favorite beat in this in this bit is it's 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 a blink and you miss it thing. But when you go to the kid with the glasses that has the braces, there is a glare on the yeah on yeah the braces. A little anime. <laughs> yeah. Flicker. It's easy to miss. Just a tiny uh, little joke, just to soften it. Yeah. Oh man. And I don't know. Like I mean, I personally always get chuckly just hearing Jim Broadbent's like booming voice explaining what we're seeing. Yeah. No, for sure. I think that definitely helps with the overall mood. Cause it's just, uh, just the voice of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I love the lighting in here though. It's mm-hmm. so good. The lighting is, is, is really, really great. Probably some of the best lighting in the movie um, at the, is, is probably yeah. this week. Like this, this week, the lighting this week is just incredible. Yeah, I think. it's very like true. I'm, I'm specifically looking at like the last shot that, you know, the, the minute ends on, which it ends on uh, Nicholas, Nicholas's sort of like uh, reaction to seeing the, the underage drinkers. And, you know, you have like a, a nice, a nice uh, foreground outline on the, on the skulls and that he's lit. The front of him is lit by like his, uh, his flashlight sort of like bouncing light back on him. And then he's backlit like w- with, with Getting light harsh. shining off of the catacombs. Like it's just really, really well done lighting. It makes, I really hope there's some like spooky sploring going on in uh, last night in Soho. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is this is probably a really good indication of what that movie's going to look and feel like. <laughs> um really really excited about uh that movie and uh what what it's going to end up being like. Um but uh yeah, so I think that's uh I think that's all we got for uh this particular minute. Um Robert, uh what do you, what do you got going on? You want anything to you got anything to plug? Uh, currently I got the, well, actually it doesn't exist yet, but we are recording the room minute. Um, we had some technical difficulties with iTunes, so we didn't rush (laughs) getting started. Mm. Also, I don't promote it much, but I'm also doing annihilation minute, but that's just one episode a week. It's got, it's a nice slow, uh, dense show. Yeah. Um, are you really get your are, shit rock in that one? So did you did you just just decide to just uh, to stop Michael Myers minute on the first Halloween and not keep going? For now, for now, okay. I okay. may go back and continue with the second one later, but I don't you should know jump yet. straight to H two O. No, no. 
I I was considering just doing the second one and then be like, I'll come back in 10 years. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. Cool. Well, uh, thanks, Robert. And uh, we'll have more of you on the show tomorrow. Um, In the meantime, uh, let us know what you think about uh, all the stuff that we talked about today on the Cornetto Minute Listeners Pub on Facebook. It's our Facebook group. And as everyone knows, it's the only thing good about Facebook is uh, private uh, Facebook groups. It's the only reason anyone stays on Facebook because uh, Facebook is uh, the worst otherwise. Uh, So you should, uh, if you're already on Facebook, you should make your Facebook experience better by joining the Cornetto Minute Listeners Pub and... uh, you know have a have a chat with us and we'll be back tomorrow with minute 87 for the greater good the greater good the greater good